Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. You know, the weather's getting warmer, so I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. Quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie, also from Quince. Ooh, Mm -hmm. okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking, I'm going to toot my own horn, effortlessly chic. Whether it's winter or or summer, they've got premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14-karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. Hello and welcome to Forever 35, a podcast about the things we do to take care of ourselves. I am Dori Shafrir. And well, hello there. I'm Kate Spencer. And neither of us <laughs> is an expert. Definitely not. Nope. But we are two friends who like to talk a lot about serums. This is true. How you doing, Kate? Dory? Hey. Hey. I think I'm good. Yeah? I don't know. I'm dealing with some chronic back pain. Oh, no. You and my husband both. Yeah. And I finally realized, like, I need think I need to get an MRI. Oh. Yeah. Okay. It's been going on for, like, almost two years. Oh, that is a long and time. And I've just been, like, putting putting up with it as normal. And yeah. then recently I was like, this isn't normal. Mm. I've got to get this checked out. I don't know. You Who know? do you talk to about that? I'm going to see my primary care doctor okay. to then ask for a referral. Got it. My insurance... 
I have to like go see that this doctor first and then get referred out for everything. So got it, got it, got that's it. That's my plan. We'll see what they say. I've tried many things. Forever 35 listeners have given me many suggestions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, that being said, today someone recommended rolfing. Oh. As a self-care practice for back pain. And for those of us who might not be familiar with rolfing. I'm not entirely sure what it is as I've never done it, but I believe it is kind of an adjustment of your posture and your center of gravity. Okay. I don't believe it's chiropractic work. I think it's like a fascia body work situation. Interesting. You know, I'm always always down for some fascia fascia work. (laughs) So... I've just been kind of, actually, I've been kind of depressed about it, actually, because oh. I don't feel good. Yeah. And I can't, like, physically, I'm not, I can't do as much stuff. And that just bums me out. Yeah, that is a bummer. Like, even just bending over to unpack my suitcase from this Ugh. weekend, I'm like, I can't. I just can't oh. do it. Again. Where'd you go this weekend? Dory, I went into the woods. Uh-huh. And... You were there. I know. Asking you where you were was disingenuous. No, I know exactly where you it were. It was a great segue. You and I went on a retreat with a group of moms, mostly moms, and it was really beautiful. It was refreshing, reinvigorating, at times terrifying. You know, you just are out of your comfort zone. But it was really fun. Yeah. That being said, I had to take a nap the following day. Yeah. Because I was so tired from camping in the woods. I mean, camping. We, we were, were in, in cabins, cabins yes. with bathrooms. Uh, we were in a, it was a luxurious situation. It's the yeah. kind of place where like school groups or retreat groups go. Yes. Um, but, you know, there was a ropes course activity. I took a yoga class. I took a crystal workshop. Mm-hmm. 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 And, you know, it was kind of fun. Like what? you and I. We didn't see each other that much. No, we didn't. Not fun in like a positive way, but it was like we were at the same thing, but we were not attached at the hip. Yes. Which so often we are because of this podcast. Totally. And it was kind of- We weren't in the same cabin. We were not in the same cabin. Mm -hmm. You were very busy organizing a clothing swap. I was. I was. Um, Which was fun. And I got a lot of great clothes for Henry. And I got a few nice things for myself. Um. I got but a it was, serum. Yeah. It was a clothing and beauty swap. And boy, there was a lot of stuff. Yeah. A lot. A lot. I got two hair clips and an eminence willow bark Ooh. serum that I've always wanted to try. Well, look at that. And the I universe al- provided. I stood at the skincare swap area and like shouted products at people. <laughs> I felt I did feel like an expert for kind of the first time in my life about skincare stuff yeah. from this podcast. Well, there was some nice stuff. Such nice stuff. And I was like, who needs a vitamin C? <laughs> I was kind of losing. I was a little hyper. Uh, did you kind of not learn anything, but was it nice to get out of your comfort zone and get out of your home and just spend time in the fresh air? It was. Um, it was nice to do all of those things. I think that... It was a little overwhelming for mm-hmm, me. Mm-hmm. This was your second year going. Yes. This is my first year going. So, you know, I didn't know a lot of the people IRL, which is fine. Um, but I think like large groups of new people, it's an intimidating situation. It's very overwhelming. Um, and I also had to pump like every three hours, which just kind of 
it's just like a thing I had to think about all the time. And it takes you out of whatever moment you're in. Yes. So it's like every three hours I have to pump. And then for like 20 minutes, I'm pumping. Then I have to think about, did I bring a bag with me to store the milk in? Where's the fridge? Like, do I have to go back to my cabin, which is up a steep hill and we're at altitude? (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah, it's a lot. It was just like another thing. And so, you know, I think if I go next year, it will be nice that I hopefully won't still be pumping um, and I'll be able to like relax a little bit more. Um, But no, it was really nice. I played in a poker tournament. Love it. Which was really fun. I met some people there. Um, Did you win? Well, you could either play for money or not for money. Okay. Of course I played for money because otherwise what's the point? Um, And we were, there were three tables of people playing and the organizer hadn't quite done it the way that like a normal poker tournament would would work. So at the end, you were kind of just playing against the other people at your table who were playing for money. So there was only one other person at my table who's playing for money and I happened to beat her. So I won $20. Hey, not hey, bad. Look at that. Look at I'd that. been doing really badly. And then I split a pot with someone. There was like one hand that I won that someone else had the same hand and we split the pot. Way to go. Thank you, Kate. Oh, so you're welcome. Yeah, it was fun. It was it was fun. Um I I was like tired though. Like I you know, there was a dance party the first night. I didn't go to that. Nor I didn't do I. karaoke. Um and so I felt like I missed out on some of the the funness of it, but you know, I had the retreat that I was meant to have. Well, I was feeling very introverted and I brought like, you know, I kind of just wanted to sleep and rest and I loved the idea of getting up early. And so I, tr- I kind of just went inward a little bit. Yeah. But I did bring my sound machine, my travel humidifier, my earplugs, my eye mask, two of my own pillows from home, my baby blanket that I, I mean, I, I was like, I've, I feel like I've become that person who like can't sleep anywhere else but without all their trappings of home. Well, I brought a pillow, my own pillow, and I brought earplugs and an eye mask. So, you know, I'm kind of right there with you. Did you travel humidify? I did not. And I I saw that you were bringing yours before we left. And I was like, should I bring mine? And I was like, oh, I don't know what the outlet situation is going to be like. But then I, I subsequently wished I had brought it um, because the air was so dry. It was so dry. And, you know, now I'm getting credit in the group for being the person who brings travel humidifiers everywhere. <laughs> I know, but I thank you. You, you, you gave me credit. I did give you credit, but I, people are like, look at this amazing thing Kate Spencer did. <laughs> and I had to like begrudgingly <laughs> admit that Dory thought of it first. Dory is the original travel humidifier <laughs> purchaser. Um, Dory, one thing that I have been circling back to my back pain. Yes. And I'm, I have been, you know, I'm a certified yoga teacher that does not teach yoga, but I, I, do I know did, that. I got my teacher certification 10 years ago. And I have been thinking one thing that really does help my back pain is stretching. Mm-hmm. So inspired by friend of the pod, Jasmine Guillory, who's now on day like 702 of yoga every day. I mean, I I've mean. never never seen anything like it. It's truly inspirational. I, I was thinking like, what if I practiced yoga every night for 30 days and took stock of if how it improved the feeling, my back and just my general well-being. So Monday, today will be day two. Are you doing yoga with Adrian? 
I did yoga with Adrian last night, which was really great. And I did a specific lower back pain class that was like 23 Ooh. minutes. Oh, back pain and pelvis because my pelvis is a little off balance. But also Peloton has yoga classes and they're really great. So I've done those too. So I'm going to, they have like restorative, they have everything, but I pay for a Peloton membership. Mm -hmm. There's tons of free yoga content online and yoga with Adrian's especially good. So I, my thought is just to like every night it feels really good to kind of stretch out. You know, I put my phone away in the kitchen, which was very hard for me. And then I went and did yoga, just tr tried to get in kind of a calming mindset before bed. So my thought is like, what if I could do that for 30 days? Do my own yeah. little challenge. Wait, I kind of want to do that with you. Do you? Yeah. You could be accountability buddies. Because I've been buddies. thinking about how I haven't had time to go to a yoga class in months. And it would be really nice to start doing yoga again. And you really, you know, even just 10 to 15 minutes of very basic yoga poses, yeah. I have found makes such a difference in how my body feels. Totally. And I, ne I need to make a commitment to kind of caring for myself in that way. Interesting. I mean, I'll check in with you tonight when I settle in. Yeah, would you? Sure. That would be great. After my kids are in bed, I roll out the mat mm -hmm. in my room, just go to town. All we'll right. see. We'll see if it works. I mean, I don't, I would love to be consistent with it. And I remember Jasmine saying she was what the second or third guest on our podcast, third, I think. Yeah. And at the time she said she noticed that the, the consistent yoga every day improved her back pain, made it feel better. Yeah. And then when she came back and did a mini episode, I believe we talked about how she had gone to her college reunion and she like felt so much better than she had felt before or yeah. something there was something about the college reunion and yoga and feel her body feeling so much better so let her be our inspiration she also I mean, has a new book out she's FYI, she's inspirational in many ways yes um yeah i'm excited for her new book royal holiday i know i'm saving it for vacation which is my favorite thing to do yes yeah i'm very excited totally i say i actually saved her last book for vacation. i tend to just save her books so when i'm like Sitting in one spot, I can just devour. Yeah. Maybe with a martini. Oh, sounds great. Uh, Dory. Yes. We got so many emails. Oh, my gosh. Titled The World of Lentils. So many. <laughs> it was... You it was such a treat. There are so many fellow lentil explorers out I there. I know. I was so pleased. I was chuffed. <laughs> That's a word only you would use. Chuffed or British people. British people use that That's word. That's fair. Um, yeah, I was so excited to get all these lentil recipes. I can't wait to go f deeper into the world of lentils. Um, I just want to share some of the ones that people shared that looked amazing. I have not tried any of these yet, but I'm I'm excited to to dive in. Um, the first one is a smoky tomato and lentil stew with made with cooked coconut milk. That sounds delish. It looked delish. Um, another one is a chipotle pumpkin uh, veggie burgers with made with lentils. There's another that is a very veggie lentil bake. That was it's just like a casserole with lentils, lots of cheese. It looked really good. Um, there was a vegan winter lentil stew on the budget bites website love budget bites um someone else re recommended the vegan a vegan lentil fesenjun which is um a persian dish that also looked yum so good um and then there was a recommendation from the new york times website for 
spiced red lentils, um, an Indian dish. And I bought some red lentils today. That's right, because you are keen on exploring all the different kinds of lentils. I am, and I got to say, I, I've been slightly disappointed in my neighborhood grocery store, which is Sprouts. They only carry two types of lentils, green and red. No black. Ew. <laughs> I look like down on them. I'm going to have to like go to Whole Foods or something, which requires getting in the car. But I'm really excited to try some of these. And this this is literally just the tip of the iceberg. I saved a recipe for lentil sloppy joes recently, mm. which my kids love sloppy joes. And I we made them for dinner and they were very good, but we made them with meat. Oh. How would that go over with lentils? I don't know. Only time will tell. I'm curious to find out. I'm really excited about this. Um, so, yeah. So it's great. Is anything else going on with you? Well, something is. Yes. <laughs> Which is that I kind of want to get certified in Reiki. You know, Kate, I read this <laughs> in our notes. And I was like, wow, this is a real Kate Spencer. <laughs> it is, isn't uh, it? Activity. It is. Look. And then I wrote, am I going full woo? Question mark. Unclear. I mean, maybe you're just becoming the full like actualization of your true self. I am very interested in body work and energetic healing. Okay. And Reiki is a form of energy healing. Mm -hmm. The training is relatively manageable. It's like one, there's three different levels and it's affordable and time the time wise is pretty manageable can you do reiki on yourself you can okay. and you can also when you're trained you can do long distance reiki on people whoa yeah i've never done reiki oh it's fantastic it feels amazing the first time i had it done i was very skeptical and it was such a positive experience cool yeah i, I really enjoy it it's just something that as I think more about like I'm kind of just revisiting my yoga practice and thinking more about body work. And I recently picked up one of my favorite books about chakras. Mm -hmm. I'm just kind of dipping a toe back in. I'm really into this for you. <laughs> a common phrase. <laughs> I just like when you, you're like, I'm going to get into this thing. And then like, I just like to check in with you about how it's, how it's all going. I just have been thinking a lot about my interest in like body body work and physical would you ever become like a massage therapist no that does not appeal to me oh interesting okay touching people's bodies does not mm -hmm. appeal mm -hmm. to me but doing like reiki and yoga adjustments on people does appeal to me i love that was one of my favorite things about teaching yoga was doing hands-on adjustments cool and i love restorative yoga and i really believe in the power of like gentle adjustments in those poses so yeah. you know look i'm 40 I want to ride into middle and upper age, just fucking healing the shit out of myself and other people. Yes, Kate. Yes. That's where I'm at, Dory. We'll that see. We'll see how far I get. But something I'm thinking about. I did some Googling over the weekend. Okay, great. You know? Wow. This, the weekend really had an effect on you. I mean, I, I spent two hours learning about crystal healing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which I've always been also a bit, of, a bit of a skeptic about. But now you're, you believe. I will say, Dory, I could feel the heat and the energy rising off of the crystals that we were practicing with in this workshop. Wow. Okay. Now, is it all placebo? Possibly. But I 
was intrigued. And any practice that is meditative, like the placing, like any, I think anything that is like chess, like there's so many ways in which things can kind of become like a calming rhythmic practice. You know, it's funny you say that because I actually also had a calming practice experience over the weekend. What was it? Doing a puzzle. Yeah. Oh, puzzles are so meditative and calming for some people. Um. Yeah. And, you know, I remembered that there was a, remember this brief period, maybe last year I was like, I'm going to get into puzzles. And I bought a couple puzzles and then I never did them. And now I'm thinking I need to do them. I mean, I don't have any room to do them. No, puzzles are tricky. You really need like a firm space mm-hmm. to spread out. But you could make room or you could do it outside. Oh, interesting. I could do it outside. I could move could have like a patio area. All of Matt's crap off of the table outside. It's time for Dory's puzzle workshop. It's time for Dory's puzzle workshop to take a stand. <laughs> Weasel its way into the space. I got to plant a flag. I I don't find puzzles soothing. Mm-hmm. It's just it's not how my mind works. But I have many friends who do and mm-hmm. who will do them mm-hmm. alone, like just sit at night and do a pu- and work on a puzzle. Yeah. And really, that is healing for them. My, I mean, that's how my husband is with a crossword. Mm. Every day he does a crossword. Wow. Every day, New York Times crossword every wow. morning. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I think I feel like like knitting could be like this for me too. Totally. And there was a period in my life where I knew how to knit and then it just all kind of disappeared. I mean, that's why I think like sewing, painting, like any yeah. of these practices that kind of take you out of your headspace a little bit. Yes. It's really soothing. My friend was telling me that she's gotten into um, like coloring on her iPad. Oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Like with a pen. And, you know, Matt does that too. He he draws on his iPad. And I don't. It's very meditative. I mean, that's why coloring books are great. Yeah, totally. I've been making friendship bracelets and I have mm-hmm. found that to be kind of soothing. Mm-hmm. What are your soothing practices, I was just listeners? just going to ask. Aren't you curious? Yes, I am curious. I bet we have a lot of puzzle puzzle heads is what they're called. I bet we have a lot of puzzle heads, um, but I know we have a lot of people who are into like knitting and crochet yeah. and embroidery and sewing and crafts. I would like love that. to hear what your, what's your meditative practice that you yeah. do for no other, for no outcome, just to relax. Yeah. Let us know. Let us know. Well, Doria, let's take a pause. Let's do that. And then we're going to come back and hear from Allison Rosen. And oh, I really enjoyed talking to her. Yeah. We had such a great conversation with her. Yeah. It was so she's just so fantastic. So we'll be Stay back. tuned. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Kate, I feel like we are like barreling into summer. It's happening so fast. It is. And I feel like also with summer just come more social events. There's weddings. There's nights out. It's... 
vacations. I mean, like all the things happening in summer. And what I love is that Honey Love has just the right thing for all those events. Feel comfortable and confident this summer with Honey Love's best-selling Super Power Short. The Super Power Short smooth shapes and lifts, giving you a flawless silhouette under any outfit with targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas you need less compression. It's designed to work with your body, not against it. Speaking of working with your bod, the crossover bra, which I'm wearing as we speak. I wear that my, thing every day. I do too. Uh, it's my favorite Honey Love piece. Let me let me just tell you why. Yeah, get okay, into it. Do you want to tell me why? No, no. I was just <laughs> going to say like, I, I, I don't even need to wear it to events. I wear it like the event is every day of my life. Yes, that's such a good way of putting it. The bra gives all the support of traditional bras without using any underwires. And just like sidebar, I have put on some of my old underwire bras lately and been like, oh, God, like get this off of me. No, thank <laughs> once you. you. Once you start wearing Honey Love, you're just like, no, not yep. going back. You see also, how it like, could be. Yes. Also, like summer sweat under those underwires is like, ugh, the worst. Now you don't have to worry about it. Get the support you need with the comfort you deserve and treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market. Save 20% off at honeylove.com slash forever. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash forever. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started. So shape your life with Honey Love. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. Quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie, also from Quince. Ooh, Mm -hmm. okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking, I'm going to toot my own horn, effortlessly chic. Whether it's winter or or summer, they've got premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30. You got washable silk tops, really stunning 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like, truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com 
slash forever35. You know, Dory, we talk to a lot of really fantastic, intelligent people on this podcast. But I don't know, maybe you're like us and you want to go even deeper. Mm, I'd love to go deeper. We like to go deep. And that's not only possible with today's sponsor, but also easy to accomplish on Masterclass. Every year I get really into the classes offered and the instructors offering them. Like I'm all over the place with the things that I like on Masterclass. But this year I am very interested in the class Redefining Feminism, which is 14 lessons from Gloria Steinem. Okay. Now, they dissect issues women face in the U.S. and ways we can play a role in the feminist movement in our everyday lives. Look, I majored in women and gender studies in college. So this is right up my alley. But even if you didn't, even if you're like, this is the first time I'm hearing those words. I would argue, especially if you didn't. Yes, Get into it with Masterclass because this is the year you can really learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Go from just talking about improving to actually doing the things you've been wanting to do with Masterclass. And it doesn't have to be redefining feminism with Gloria Steinem. It can be gardening in your own garden or your yard or patio. It can be learning to cook Indian food or designing a space that you love. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master like negotiation with Chris Voss or think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or maybe capture your vision through photography with Petra Collins, Masterclass has you covered. With Masterclass, you get unlimited access to intimate one-on-one classes with the world's best. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash F35. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash F35. That's masterclass.com slash F35. Our guest today is the one and only Allison Rosen. Welcome, Allison. Thank you so much for having me. We are so excited to have you on Forever 35. We are both longtime fans. Mm. We've been on your podcast. Yes. I'm doing a weird happy dance with excitement Kate's over doing here. a weird like, happy dance. <laughs> I love it, though. Not enough people do that. <laughs> like, like, more no weird happy that. dances. No, well, you know, podcast is a audio medium. No, yes. yeah. yeah. So you don't, you don't necessarily physically express yourself when you do it, but I'm really feeling it. Allison, let's tell our listeners a little bit about you. Please. Allison Rosen is a writer, a TV personality, and a podcaster best known for her podcast, Allison Rosen is Your New Best Friend, as well as being the former news girl and co-host of The Adam Carolla Show. Her work has appeared in Rolling Stone, People, 17L, The New York Post, Vibe, Spin, The Huffington Post, and Bon Appetit, among others. She released a book in April 2018 called Tropical Attire Encouraged and Other Phrases That Scare Me, and is the co-host of the parenting podcast Childish with Greg Fitzsimmons. And Allison currently resides in Burbank, California with her husband, two children, and a dog. And she always gets lost, even though she has GPS. Mm, it's true. And I think that's a very relatable conundrum for many people. It's gotten better with ways, I have to say. I think that uh, when 
that fun tidbit was included in my bio originally. That was like maybe pre-ways. Mm. I feel like GPS has come a long way because remember there was, did you guys have a gar? I think it was called a Garmin or a, there was some other like navigation little yeah, thing and they I just weren't as good. I didn't have a car, but whenever I would rent a car, they would ask if you wanted a GPS. Right. And that was like, you know, the little thing that stuck on your... My, my father-in-law still, when he comes out to visit with my mother-in-law, they bring their Garmin. <laughs> oh. Yeah. And they use that as opposed to just like using their phones. I think it's just what's most, because they drive our cars when they're right. here. So I that's mean, I what respect they use. that. You know what? It works for them. Yeah. I mean, my dad doesn't have any sort of GPS and he just gets lost or uses. Does I, he have a Thomas guide? I, I'm sure he does, or just maps crumpled up into pockets of the car. <laughs> remember having to print out map quest directions? I mean, just remember maps in general. Oh, wow. RIP maps. Truly think a sense of direction is something you either have or you don't. Like my son Elliot, who's two and a half, he'll be in the car and he'll point in the direction of his preschool or he'll point in the direction of like just various things he's aware of oh my gosh he knows whereas i never like not at all i just i don't know what it is i think and it's it's taken me a while to realize this i kind of think it might just be a manifestation of well first of all i think i'm just in general i don't have like a bird's eye view in my mind Mm -hmm. but i also think it's kind of a manifestation of anxiety Mm. in that i am maybe just like if I were just calm and like I'm just driving around, I'm looking for an address, I'm looking for a parking spot. That's how I how I imagine a non-anxious person going through their life. Whereas my thoughts are just, it's just faster and I'm just more nervous about things and I'm worried and like it just feels like too much to like, I got to find the place and then I got to find the parking spot and then I'm thinking about what's going to happen when I get in there and I don't know. What is your relationship to your anxiety? Is that something you're struggling with every day? Is it <sighs> it's- a large part of your life? It's up and down. I did, I had this idea that basically either you're a person who tends toward depression or tends toward anxiety. Um, because I think I've, I heard that like, oh, they're two sides of the same coin, but I don't know where I got this in my head that you're one or the other. And so there's a lot of anxiety in my family, but I never really thought I had anxiety. I thought I'm someone who tends toward depression, but the, like, yes, I've had maybe a panic attack, but I don't think of myself as anxious. Um, and then when I got into therapy after, so I had post, I had a really, we, I think we actually talked about this when you guys were on my show. I had a real traumatic birth with Elliot. It was tough. And I, realized that what I was experiencing was a little more intense than like quote unquote baby blues, probably about five months after he was born. Mm. That's when I finally, I'm like, I, I need to talk to someone. And, and I had, what, what made you realize that? Um, I, so I was having a lot of dark thoughts and I, it, it sounds so silly, but all of a sudden a question would pop into my mind. Like, what happened to babies that were born in the Holocaust? And then I'd be like, don't Google that. It's going to, it's going to fuck you guys curse on this podcast. Yeah, yeah. It's going to oh, fuck yeah. you up if you could like, don't Google that. And then I, I just have this like uncontrollable compulsion to Google it. So that was one. And then another was like, do medical schools still experiment on dogs? And if so, where do they get the dogs? And it's like, don't research that. And it was just sort of a series of things like that throughout mm-hmm. the day. I would think about the fragility of life and of 
babies that don't get the care they need. I didn't have any thoughts of harming my own Mm -hmm. children, which I think I had this idea that postpartum depression is what you read about in People magazine. And it's where you are. And and I think in severe cases, it is like that. Yeah. But I didn't have any of that. But so I was just like, I'm over. And also, I would be singing to Elliot and I would just start crying. So I was just I was I just felt sad. Mm -hmm. And I felt like the world is a day a cruel place and I'm on this little island where I'm okay and my family's okay, but who knows how long we'll, how long we'll be safe. Mm. It was, but I think, I don't know. I think at just a certain point, I'm just like, I'm so sad. I, it, I don't need to be this sad. Yeah. And I, and I think I recognized that the thoughts were a little bit compulsive. Um, so I found a therapist who specializes in postpartum women. And, and I actually still see her. She's great. And then some of a couple of my, of my friends see her now too. Um, I got on Lexapro. I had never been on anything and I had always been hesitant to get on anything as mm-hmm. well, but it, I was so ready to feel better that I kind of knew that that was probably going to, I probably should go on something. Um, and then in seeing her, I realized, Oh, I've had anxiety my whole life. I just like never recognized it, but I think back and, it's so rare that I could just, and it's, it's sort of, it's weirdly around driving a lot. It's so rare that I can just like park my car and calmly walk into the place I'm going to go. I'm always not currently, but in the past, I would always be sort of nervous walking around and I don't know what it is. I know in college, um, by the way, I have not, I've not taken a breath and I've not let you guys weigh in. I feel like I'm just like, no, (laughs) this you're the podcast guest. (laughs) Okay. That's what you do. All right. In college, my uh, friend, I was in the backseat of his car. He was pumping gas and he got held up by this guy with a meat cleaver. And I saw the whole thing. Yeah. It was very um, dramatic. (laughs) And And traumatic. traumatic. Yes. Um, But also like it was very extra. A meat cleaver. Really? <laughs> it was like out of a movie. Yeah. Right. So, um, I thought the guy was going to come in the car, uh, and I like make eye contact with him. Oh my God. And he didn't. Instead, he just ran off, but it really traumatized me for a long, long time after that. So I, I think that that is part of where the just feeling uncomfortable in my own skin in public thing mm-hmm. came from. Can we circle back to Lexapro? Yes. Can you talk, because we get a lot of questions about medication and going on it and what's it like. And I'm curious, how has it impacted your life? What are the changes that you noticed? What? How did you benefit? Was there anything that you felt wasn't positive? Um, I, so when I went to therapy, when I was having postpartum depression, and then when I told her that I think, you know, maybe I should get on something, and then she referred me to a psychiatrist who deals with postpartum women as well. Um, I began to feel, and, and so I got on Lexapro pretty quickly, just a tiny dose, and I began to feel better pretty quickly. And I wondered, is this the drug that's making me feel better? Or is it just that I'm getting help and I feel supported? So I don't know, because really the like extreme feelings that I was having really abated pretty quickly. Um, but... I just, let me think, a a weird thing I noticed is that even though I I didn't suddenly feel like there's sunshine beaming inside my brain or anything, but I noticed that I was just singing to my kids more. I was singing more. (laughs) Like I was, I was like from the outside looking in, 
I appear to be a happier person. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just, I didn't feel like I was drowning anymore. I felt like the world can be an okay, safe place. I mean, it took time to get there and there was also a lot of talk therapy too, but I just, it's sort of all the cliches. It's like I had been thrown a life raft. You know, I just, in general, I find that I am more okay. I feel more okay all the time. And the reason I had been afraid to get on it is because I'm like, I don't want my personality to change. I don't know. You know, it's yeah. such an antiquated way of looking at it. Yeah. But I was like, I'm afraid to be a different person. Mm-hmm. And it was actually my dad who said to me, it's think of it more like you the way when you have a headache, if you take Advil, the headache goes away. It's like it just kind of takes like you're still you. It just kind of yeah. takes the the and then my psychiatrist really looks at it like the you know, I think he would refer to it as like the disease of depression. Mm-hmm. Um, it just like takes the disease of depression away or takes the edges off of it. Right. So um what I don't like about it is that in general and I have been on, I'm like now at like a lower. So, well, I'll, I'll get to that in a sec. Um, I think it makes me tired. That's kind of the only thing I would say that's negative about it. That, oh, I did have some stomach pain at the beginning. Um, and I, so I just took Zantec, which now has been recalled. And now I'm like, Oh, great. Yes. <laughs> I know. It's just yeah, I'm freaked recalled. out about that. Me I, too. I'm more like, should I be freaked out about that? Right. I took a, I've taken a lot of Zantac in my lifetime. Um, I want to talk about being a fellow old mom. Yes. Because you had both of your kids after turning 40. Yeah. I had Elliot at 41 and I had Owen at 43. So I had Henry at 41. Um, and you know, for the most part, I don't feel like different, mm-hmm. but then like there are times when I like look around my like mommy and me class and I'm like, Oh, everyone here is like at least 10 years younger than yes. me. Yes. So how do you like navigate this? It's, I have made, I've made some good friends. I'm still tight. I would say I've made a good friend from all of that. Okay. But I think she, I forget how old she is. She might be like 12 years younger than I am. Um, and it's weird to think, but I feel like we're equals totally. in the and mom like, stuff. It's fine. Yeah. Like it's fine. But then there are, there are these times when I'm like, Oh, right. All these women are younger than yeah. me. And it just sort of hits me. Mm-hmm. And I don't like know it's, what to do with those feelings. It is weird to look around and realize you're the oldest one in the room. Mm-hmm. And then I just feel sort of weird and old. Yeah. Um, and, and then I think like, what would I be like if I had been in this room 10 years? I was a different person then. Totally. Yeah. And I was not ready to have kids then. No, neither. Was um, I. like you, I did IVF. Yeah. And I feel like, I'm really happy that I had, I mean, first of all, I feel very lucky that I was able to have my yep. kids. Um, I am, I think I had them at the right time for me. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I just to go back to the fatigue thing, like, yeah, I feel like I do, definitely don't, I can handle not, I cannot handle not getting sleep yep. now the way that I could have, I think if I had had my kids, like say when my mom had them, because yep. I know that I could easily pull an all nighter in my twenties. Totally. I hit a point where I stopped taking red eyes because I remember I took a red eye to New York and I felt like I don't really feel safe walking around in this state. Like mm-hmm. I'm so out of it. Mm-hmm. I do not have my wits about me. So I just cannot recover from lack of sleep well anymore. So I think it's the 
energy thing that's not there. Yeah. But um, yeah, other than that, I, I mean, I don't like, to, I, well, I will say this. I found that I didn't easily volunteer my age. Yeah, think because same. I, yeah, because I felt like I didn't want to be that weird old lady. I know, I know. And then I'm like, ugh, like somehow this goes back to the patriarchy. Yes. <laughs> you know? But then there's also, here's, does, does this ever occur to you? Which is, wait a minute. I thought we were all having our kids late in LA because we're focusing yes! on our careers. <laughs> same. There's standing room only in the IVF room. So how did I end up in a mommy and me group with all these early 30 people who just had their kids naturally yes <laughs> yes i've had the same i've had the exact same thought there should be a special mommy and me for for us geriatric moms there a hundred percent should be yeah. let's start it make okay, it you should honestly make it yeah we should we really should yeah so how do you feel i mean most of the time i don't think about it and then like something will happen or someone will say something and i'm like oh yeah like I'm older than all of you. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes like not to get dark, but like sometimes I get really sad about it because I'm like, well, I'm not going to have as much time with my kid. My husband, that's a constant, constant refrain yeah. from him. I don't worry about it as I don't, I think I just am like more one day at a time, mm -hmm. but he is like all the time worried about not having enough time with the kids. And, and he jokes about, we got to, you know, like as much as we got married and had kids late, we got to convince them that the thing you do is you do it in your twenty, early twenties. Yes, yes. So we I'm can like, have grandkids. Yeah, I'm like, oh, I guess I'm like, if I have grandkids, right? Like, I'll be real old when that happens, and then I'm like, oh, okay. Or I might not be alive. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know. Yes, or you might live till 110. Or I might till 110. I don't know. I didn't mean to take this to a dark place. But no, these are all things that we think, though. Yeah, for I had, sure. I got pregnant young because of my mom dying. Yeah. Where I was like, when my mom died, I got to get to it. Yeah. Did I make it too dark? No. No. And I had my kids in like 30, or early 30s, 31 and 33. And if you were living in New York at, when you had your first kid. Yeah. Um, in a one bedroom apartment. And did you feel, I feel like we've talked about this. Like, I feel like you've said you felt young. Yes, because what you're, what, I was around women in their 40s right. like right. you. Yeah. Right. My mommy and me's were all that. Like, right. I think you also, I think you also just tend when you're in any situation, you're like, I want to find someone whose experience is most like mine. So you yes. then notice when you feel even the least bit different. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and now also now I, you know, with my kids at their school, there are definitely parents who are 10 years older than me with kids in the same grade and younger though. And younger. Right. I mean, it's just everybody. Right. Who knows? Everyone's lives are different, but I think, I think a, a, a specific group for, women who had their kids over 40 is really well I tried to find, I tried to find that on Facebook because there's all these you know uh birth month groups on Facebook did you mm. join any of those I did not I joined a couple Facebook groups but none, none of so I joined one like that. that was for moms over 35 who were having babies in like March and April the problem I found with that group is that a lot of these moms were on their like sixth child <laughs> yeah that's totally different or they'd be like i have one kid who's 22 and now i'm having another and i was like oh this is not my experience so i was looking i literally put into like the facebook search bar moms over 40 like first child and like nothing came up i'm surprised <laughs> i didn't just show you me <laughs> um because yeah that is a totally different experience than someone who like started having kids at like 20 and now is having you know another kid very like to them late mm -hmm. quote unquote kate did you feel like that was the right time for you 
I mean, it's certainly, I think when people talk about like waiting until they're financially ready, no, mm-hmm. you know, like we couldn't afford, you know, like a child, I, my childcare options were limited by what I could afford. There was a, I remember a preschool or a daycare I wanted to send our daughter to that was like, we couldn't, it was too expensive. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it was, I do feel okay about it now. It was definitely hard and it was a weird time of my career where I, where when I, was on my maternity leave. I wanted to be at work so badly. And I felt like I was missing out on opportunities. It was like when my career was really taking off mm-hmm. in a way that excited me. Um, and I was with other people who were, didn't want to go back to work. You know, it's just everyone is, everyone is in a different place in, in that whole experience also. And we also don't make it easy for parents to go back to work. So it's hard for everybody. But yeah, I mean, I also, I don't, I, I don't like, what is the answer? I don't know. I'm fortunate that I had my kids. I'm, I do think I, I would be very tired now if I was getting up five times a night like I was with my babe when my kids when they were babies. Mm-hmm. That being said, you know, now I have a tween and that's weird. <laughs> so. So who knows? Who knows? Mike, in conclusion. In conclusion, you like life is fucking weird. And I also yeah. like the thing. You know, I, I remember feeling very strongly that I wanted to have children because I didn't know how much time I would have with my kids. And my mom died when she was 56. And but then it's like, who again, I could keel over tomorrow, mm. you know, like so there yeah. truly is like I also also feel like after all that, like what if I just, you know, uh, like a, a lamp falls on my head, right? you know, <laughs> it's just like who knows? And that's the that's what frustrates me about life is because you ultimately have zero control over yeah. any of this. I no hate matter. that. Yeah, I hate yeah. it, too. I don't like that at all. That gives me deep anxiety. But with did you think that because your mom died at 56, there's a good chance you were going to die young as well. And so therefore you got to get on it. Yes. A hundred percent. And the closer I, the older I get, the more I can't believe how young my mom was when she died. Yeah. Because I now have friends who are in their fifties and I'm like, what? That would be the, like, that mm-hmm. is mind boggling. You know, I'm 40. So yeah, that is mine. That is blows my mind. So yeah, I was, I, and I still feel that way. And I, I talked to a lot of people who have lost parents of an il- of illness specifically. And I think there's constantly that ticking countdown in your head of like, well, I'm going at this time. And then I think when you pass the age, if you live past the age where a parent died, that also feels very, very weird, I think, for people. So, yeah. yes, I am. I do have a constant countdown clock in my head that I will die the same way my mom died at the same age. I mean, I also wonder if so many of my self-care practices are just revolving around preventing death. Do you know what I mean? Like if we mm-hmm. really get to the core of it, mm-hmm. it's like a a fear of aging, a trying to preserve ourselves so that we don't die. I mean, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, I yeah. think at its core fear of aging or looking old, quote unquote, is fear of death, right? Mm. I try to figure that out. I try mm. that actually came up in therapy because I was saying that I that like not super recently. I feel like I've accepted it more, but I was saying like, I saw a picture of myself. I don't look young. <laughs> and my therapist is like, and is that a bad thing? I'm like, uh, fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, it's that- I'm thinking about that a lot these days too. Not with, with my own face. Yeah. I body. mean, it's that like that teasing out of, well, how much is it the fear of, mm-hmm. of death? And how much is it that look, we all are sort of, you know, breathing in the same air I don't know why I'm making, I'm trying to make this poetic. I'll just say it much more plainly. Sounds beautiful. Thank you. We're, we're all, culture does not uh, encourage looking your age. For sure. Yeah. Well, there's also like a dejection, like you, dejection, rejection. Like you are, like we don't, we reject older people in our society. So 
there's a feeling of like being unseen and left out that I think comes with age, which mm-hmm. is, which is why I wonder if we're so, we're holding on to the physical, you know, like the, the looks aspect of youth so deeply. Well, you know, right. Kate, you've helped me reframe my narrative around aging. Have I? Yes. Talking about your mom dying young and talking about how aging is a privilege. Oh. Yeah. That has like really <laughs> oh. helped me. What? Yeah. I want to adopt this. Because it is. It's a privilege to be, to get older. It is. Right? I, I mean, think so. I, it is. Yeah. No, like, I think we so. We don't all have that. We don't all get that. And so those of us who do get it, like it's a it's a privilege and we should be grateful for that well this is why i'm like trying to gently love my forehead wrinkles i just saw a it was an instagram story and for the first time i my eyes just zeroed in on my forehead wrinkles i'd never cared about them before and suddenly i'm like what when did this part of my head get way too tan repeatedly or something because there's like it just looked, sorry, I no, cut you off. It no, just, yeah, I want to hear just, about your forehead wrinkles, Well, which I, I can't see from two feet away from you. They don't I like, feel like I've got these, cre- it's sort of like where you would, where the shower cap would go. And actually when I do wear a shower cap, that is where I get the lines. Maybe that's the problem. I don't know. I just thought my, I look like I have like weather beaten leathery forehead wrinkles. I mean, this is, this is where we're all headed. <laughs> yeah, know. You know, do you, does it bother you? It well, my first reaction was, "Oh no, <laughs> oh no!" I I didn't know I had that problem happening on my face. I have to I have to do something about that, which tends to be my reaction anytime I recognize something that strikes me as old. Mm-hmm. Um, and right, then, that it's a problem. Yes, yeah. and, and it's an oh no. Yeah. Oh no. I yeah. didn't know that this aspect of me was belying my age, you know? Um, and then I kind of calmed down like very fast. I mean, it happens quickly. And I was just like, uh, oh well, <laughs> you know, it's so, so, so be it. You know, we have been delving more and more into the topic of our skin as we get older and how we treat it and how we love it. Because look, as I'm learning in my mid-40s, as you get older, you deal with new things when it comes to your skin. Not that they're bad. They're just new. You know what I mean? Like I am now just discovering creppiness, Dory. Mm, okay. Which is okay. I know. visible on my <sighs> neck and chest. Luckily, it's a thing. It's a thing. Luckily, One Skin, our sponsor today, knows all about things like crappiness. And I'm not overly concerned with aesthetics, but like I do just want to keep my skin healthy as I age. Totally. I love their topical supplements. They really help your skin feel, I don't want to say younger, but just vibrant, Mm. refreshed. They combine tissue engineering, data analysis, and cutting edge longevity science to literally create the world's most effective product to help with skin aging. I am particularly fond of their face topical supplement. It's essentially a moisturizer, but it has their Mm -hmm. proprietary OSO1 peptide to really help with all the parts of our skin that are exposed to environmental damage. You can use it on your face, your hands, your neck. I know here Mm -hmm. where we live, 
in Los Angeles, our hands, we're driving. That sun is coming at us at all times. One Skin believes the Amen. purpose of skincare is not just to improve how we look, but to optimize our skin biology so that it is more resilient to the aging process. They really create next level skincare. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, One Skin keeps your skin looking and more importantly, acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code OVER50 at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code OVER50. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. That being said, have you tried retinols or retin-A? I've never used any of that stuff and I'm just starting to think maybe I should get into that. Whenever I try it, I just kind of give up on it. So no. I mean, I used Retin-A as a teenager. for you, Like prescription for, Retin-A, yes, right? Yes, for yeah. zits. Um, and then I didn't, I was using a retinol serum and then I got pregnant and you're not supposed to use mm. retinols when you're pregnant and I haven't gone back yet. Um, but I wanted to, I did want to touch on a, a, a more superficial topic, which is your hair. Oh, yeah. Thank and you. All the products you're now putting on yeah. your face. Oh, your, thank you. Your hair is like shiny and beautiful and long. What are your secrets? Yeah. Thank Do you. Do you bathe in collagen? <laughs> yes. Um, <clears throat> I bathe with an actual drunk elephant. <laughs> I, um, I get Japanese straightening. I have naturally uh, fuzzy, frizzy, wavy hair. I have not seen my natural curls in a long time, except it, there is regrowth. And I've got that postpartum fuzzy halo mm. of hair that I'm not liking at all. Um, so I have done Brazilian straightening as well. What's I, the difference between Japanese and Brazilian? Uh, Japanese is permanent. So oh. it's sort of like a reverse perm. Oh, interesting. Um, back okay. in, in the old days. Yeah. <laughs> which I never, I never got one of those, but that's, it's, it's I think I'm sure there's someone who actually has been like certified and it's like, it's not at all like that, but they, it's a whole process, but they put chemicals on your hair and then they iron it so that it retains the shape of that they put into it. So like, I think at that point you could, it's this, it's the same process as a perm. It's just mm -hmm. they're straightening instead of putting curls in. So it's permanent. So it stays like that. Um, some people don't, I think it's, it might, I don't know how it works on colored hair. At this mm. point, I do, um, cover my grays with a semi-permanent, um, but I don't have like super highlighted hair or anything. Okay. So, um, it might not work well on if you have like a lot of color in your hair. I think that's why people like Brazilian better. Um, it also can get very flat mm. and people prefer the volume that they have from Brazilian blowout. blowout. Brazilian blowout like coach, they put a keratin coating on your hair and then they iron that and that slowly washes out. Okay. Yeah. Have you guys ever had either of those? No, no, but I think we have the opposite. My hair is very fine and very, yeah. Not, Same. Yeah. There's not a lot of it. It's pretty flat. Yeah, Dory mm -hmm. and I are united in hair similarness. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And I'm also going through postpartum hair loss now. So it's like especially just like disastrous. My bathroom is just a like coating of hair on the it's, ground. It's, it's, it's awful. Disgusting. Yeah. I hate it. And in the shower, I just, <laughs> so gross. I don't want it to clog the drain. So I just like, I'm just constantly like setting it on Same. the little bench in <laughs> yes. there. And I'm like, and then I don't remove it every time though. And I'm like, either I have the world's most tolerant, 
husband or the most non-observant one but either way right yay (laughs) (laughs) isn't hair like hair in the shower the weirdest thing where when it comes from your own head or body it doesn't it's not gross yeah but then when you see a nut like if you're in a communal shower that like and somebody else's hair clump is there it's the grossest thing yes why what is that I mean, what is hair aversion? I just remember being on the New York City subway and someone's long hair like brushing up against me and it being like feeling like it was the most disgusting thing that had ever happened to me. On their head? Like it was just on their head and it touched Yeah, them? like they had long hair and maybe I was sitting, you know, sometimes the seats are sort of like back to back and I would like lean back and I would feel their hair on me. Yes, and Kate is making a vomiting face. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even think about because that. Because it's it disgusting. Yeah, I don't know. There's just something like, like so gross. If I'm about in a shower, like at the gym, and I see like the hair on the drain, I get I could like gag right now. Okay, but this is it. actually a great segue into something we want to talk about, which is your JMO. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> um, segment on your podcast, which is just me or everyone. Yes. Um, can you tell us how that? started yes this is when i was living in new york and i uh did my show alice rose and junior best friend as a live streaming show on Ustream, um which is still around but not as popular but it was you know like you could live stream and, and there's a chat room you can interact uh so i did it i think it was on su- every sunday for three hours and it was like a talk show from my living room and so i was trying to th- well actually i wasn't trying to think of segments it just popped into my head i was uh around the time I was doing the show, I was walking around my apartment in Brooklyn. Um, and I heard a fire truck go by and I thought, Oh no, I hope it's not headed to my apartment. I hope my, and I like immediately imagined my apartment in flames because my straightening iron had, you know, caught fire or whatever. And then I realized every time I hear a fire truck go by, that is my, like instantly just my apartment in flames does everyone think this or am I crazy? Is it just me or is it everyone? So I emailed the people who were going to be on the show that night. And I'm like, do you guys have, you know, have any? Um, and I remember my friend Corinne, hers were that she puts, when she's on the subway, she puts her earbuds in, even though she's not listening to anything. So she can eavesdrop on people. And <laughs> I do that. And, uh, Jenna's was that she measures things in, um, subway five inch five dollar footlongs or whatever oh so like God. you know like if she sees a necklace for 30 she's like that's six sandwiches um and then it just kind of it was so fun and it kind of caught on so then we just yeah. started doing it um and for we, i used to do it on every single show because people send they tweet them yeah in. i don't do it on every show anymore but i do it frequently still um it is it is fun to see how many idiosyncrasies we all have yeah like i feel like so many of them a lot of other people have yes. them too. Can you remember some that like no one else had? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, well, recently someone wrote in and said that they think that the septum piercing is like the most unattractive of all piercings. And Jackie Johnson was on that episode and she came down hard on that because it was too judgmental. Oh, and wow. Anyone okay. should pierce whatever they want. I'm trying to remember some that no one else has had. Um, I know one that I don't have that a lot of people do. Anytime they're watching a movie and someone is underwater, a character's underwater, they will also hold their breath. I don't oh, do that. Oh, I've never noticed that. I haven't either. I don't think I do that. I don't think yeah. I do that either. A lot of people count steps. Mm. Do you guys do that? I don't I, do that. 
I feel like I used to count steps. I've done it just to keep something going in my brain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One that I do do, uh, <laughs> that thing where you're in a restaurant and you figure, <clears throat> figure out what you want to order and then you close the menu. So the server will, co- server will come by. And then when they get there, you have to open it up again because you have like sudden amnesia or you just oh, totally. worry that you're going to say the wrong word or yes. say the wrong thing. Or I also have like the last minute, like, is this what I really want? Let me just yes. scan the menu like one last time. <laughs> yes. Also, like what also like asking other people at your table what they're eating Mm -hmm. even if you're not at like a sharing place like why do you need to know and why is it weird conversation right but like no i I feel like conversation no it's like am i about to make the absolute wrong choice i need to check yes and also i always feel weird if i'm ordering the same dish as someone I don't. Even I though feel it's like, like, who cares? I know. I, I feel like I know, that's I get it. confirmation that we're all, that we're choosing correctly. However, I know, so that's kind of a just mirror everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, I know men who won't order the same thing as another guy at the table. And I don't understand that. Oh, like, boy. what is that? Some food genetic yeah, diversity? Yeah, I don't know. I kind of have that, I feel like. Why? Do you feel like you're copying them? No, I think it's because I feel like, like, I want to see like the range of mm. things at the restaurant or yeah, something. It feels boring. If it feels everyone's boring. Getting the same thing. Yeah. I, I get the same way. And if like my husband and I are out to dinner and we both decide to get the same thing, I will often change what I'm getting. Yes. So Even though my can... husband doesn't like to share. So it's not like if we get right. different things that we're going to be like going halvesies. Like he wants his meal. <laughs> and like, I'm like, okay. So it's actually, it actually behooves me to get the same thing. But I get it. It's like a curiosity thing. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I find like the idea of discovering that you share these idiosyncrasies with other people is such a relief. I think mm-hmm. it really is. Like I've, I sleep with a baby blanket that I've had my entire life. And even as an adult, when I, like the first time I shared this with other adults, I, people acted like I was out of my mind. And I have since met many adults who do sleep with their baby blankets still. And I feel like it's a very common thing that doesn't say anything bad about us, baby blanket sleepers. See, and I don't talk about it often, but next to me on my nightstand and occasionally in my bed is a koala bear that I've had since I was six. Now, the reason it's not in the bed with me all the time is because it's coming undone. Mm -hmm. Um, And actually, it's... I don't know if it's just chance or on purpose. The stuffing is like crimson red. Ooh. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so that's it's dark. Um, and I'm just not great at sewing, so I haven't fixed it. And I'm afraid it's, I'm just, the bear's going to fall apart. But, uh, it is a comfort item. And I did bring it with me to the hospital when I had my, <laughs> my second son. Yeah. I did not bring it with me the first time. And I really wasn't even going to. And then my mom suggested it. And I was like, that's silly, but not a bad idea. That's a great idea. I bring yeah. my baby blanket when I travel. Is it? What condition is it in? It's in pretty good condition. How? how, uh, Well, it's just the makeup of the blanket, which weirdly I discovered via an Instagram follow that Busy Phillips has one that looks almost exactly the same. It must like I wonder if uh, as a baby. And I think you and Busy are about the same age. Yeah, I think we're both 40. Mm -hmm. Literally both born in July. I know too much about Busy Phillips. Hmm, Hello. (laughs) I sleep with a teddy bear. Yeah. I have a lot. How do your spouses feel about this? I mean, it's been accepted, but my husband, I don't like to wash the baby blanket because I want it to retain the like odor that it, and I need to sleep with it like under my cheek so I can inhale it. (laughs) And I think he's grossed out by it, but has accepted it as part of being married to me. (laughs) 
Matt, I think, has accepted Teddy as like part of the family. Teddy. Mm-hmm. Now, wait, okay, so you're in bed. Your husband's in bed. What? What's? Where's Teddy in in bed with you guys? Um, Teddy usually just like lives kind of in between us, but then I snuggle with him. <laughs> I feel so. See, this is. I'm so glad we're talking about this. I feel so much better because, like I said, I'm not really that open about the koala situation. Right. Well, yeah. I feel like Teddy came up maybe on the podcast I do with Matt. He came up somewhere and I heard from maybe on Instagram. Did we ask about this? I don't remember. I heard from so many people who still sleep with their stuffed okay. animals. Oh, good. And I, yeah, I had the same, cause I, I had not talked about this for quite some time. Yeah. Um, because it feels like weird, you know, I'm, right. I'm a grown ass woman. I feel like I shouldn't, <laughs> I, my feeling is like I shouldn't need yes, to have exactly. a little bear tucked under my, <laughs> my arm. Can you also imagine like my kids each have special animals and special blankets, like, the thought of making them not have them anymore, like I think a comfort item, like having a thing that soothes us or self-soothes us, like that sounds like a good practice. Yeah. And I don't, I think it's strange that we expect adults not to have right. objects or items that provide comfort or soothing. Yes, Kate. Like just that, that such seems so dated to me to be like, you got to get rid of your thing. You're a big kid now. You're a big girl, whatever the fuck. I, I just, no, I'm 40. I sleep with my baby blanket. <laughs> My baby blanket's name is Mimi. Oh, it has a name. It has a name. It's the same as Mimi. I don't know. It's gender identity. I think it's kind of a female baby blanket, but I don't totally know. Teddy is a boy. Koala, I think, is a girl. Okay. <laughs> well, animals and baby blankets. Glad we had this chat. Spectrum. Um, Allison, I feel like we could talk to you for hours. Thank you. But I could talk to you guys for hours. I know. Um, sadly, our time has come to an end. Um, where can people find you? Uh, at AllisonRosen.com. And that's and, Allison with one L. Yes. And uh, on Twitter and Instagram, at Allison Rosen. And Allison Rosen is your new best friend. Just uh, search for that wherever you listen to podcasts. And Childish, same wherever you listen to podcasts. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you so you. much. This so was such a pleasure. Thank you for having me. So I hope Allison and I can start this hashtag old moms group. <laughs> I think it's an, honestly a great idea. I, I do too. And I, and I think the same would go for younger parents. Yeah, like totally. there is generational and age differences and yes. it can be isolating to be the oldest or the youngest. Or, yeah the middlest yes but i love it old moms old moms um so kate mm-hmm. you wanted to spend some time connecting with nature even if it was just in your backyard last week how did that go pretty good i did well you and i like we've mentioned were away on this retreat it was in the mountains up here in california so it was beautiful i tried to spend time outside i did yoga outside i went for walks i climbed a tree into a tree house so I feel pretty good about it. It was really refreshing and beautiful, and I need to keep kind of making time for it at home. I like being outdoors. Yeah, it's nice. And we're lucky we have access to such beautiful places here in California. I mean, totally. that is truly, truly a plus. It is a gift. Yeah. Um, what about this week? What do you have going on? Well, here's a thing that's on my brain. Revisiting the power of to-do lists. Oh, this has been an ongoing thing for you. I'm just, I've never mastered it. I, I feel like with our podcast, a lot of these intentions that we've talked about have become real practices and I feel better for it. Yeah, same. To-do lists is not one of them. To-do lists are not one of them either way. Mm-hmm. 
And then I had this inkling, which mm-hmm. is, should I explore the Getting Things Done program, GTD? Oh. Have you ever heard of that? No. I have a lot of friends who have gone through phases of swearing by this program. It's like a whole system of organizing yourself and getting stuff done. Hence the name, getting stuff, getting things done. So I don't know. I just need to do more thinking. I have Todoist, which is an app. I like it, but I'm not great about using it all the time. Mm -hmm. And I just still don't feel like I have everything in one place. And Mm -hmm. I just feel kind of like scatterbrained. So that's, that's, that's it. Okay. And if anyone does GTD, any listeners out there, I would love your thoughts. Yeah. Let us know. How about you? Did you reflect on the meaning and significance of Yom Kippur? I did. I had a really nice and meaningful Yom Kippur experience. Tell us more. Well, I went to synagogue with a friend. We went to Kol Nidre, which is um, the service at the beginning of Yom Kippur. Mm. So it starts at sunset, you know, the night before. And I really always love Kol Nidre. It's a really, like, lovely service. And then... The next morning, I went to Yom Kippur services with the same friend again. And it was just really nice. There were a lot of people there. Just felt really, like, communal and lovely. And, um, yeah, it was a nice way to, like, start the new year. That is awesome. Thank you. Um, And this week, I want to get back into fiction between, like, contemporary fiction. Between just reading, like, mysteries and I've been reading a lot of nonfiction lately, which is great, but... I feel like I haven't dug into a great contemporary fiction book in a while. I see. So just saying pause to like the Maisie Dobbs of the world. Yes. And digging back into other stuff. Do you have a book that you are picking up? Well, my book club is reading Washington Black. I don't know that book. um, Which got rave reviews when it came out last year. And I'm really excited to read it. So, and I have a copy. Um, that I just never got around to reading. So I'm going to dig into that. I'm excited about it. I'm currently reading Where the Crawdads Sing. Oh, yes. The Reese Witherspoon uh, yes, book. The, the book that everyone has read but me. And then my next book on my list is My Sister, the Serial Killer. Oh, yeah. I started that and then didn't finish it. But I would like to get back to it. And I've also... I want to. Um, I took the most fun we ever had out of the library, which is a, a newish book by a woman named Claire Lombardo mm. that people have really loved. So I'm excited to start that book too. Forever thirty five. Yep. Always reading. Always reading. Well, that brings us to the end of our show. Thank you for listening. A reminder that you can call us and leave us a voicemail at 781-591-0390, or you can email us at forever35podcast at gmail.com. Or you can join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash forever35podcast. The password is serums. And if you like the show, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And please do tell a friend or mention us on social media. And please, a friendly reminder that, and please, a friendly reminder. Mm -hmm. Okay. I mean, I'm just having good manners today. (laughs) All the products mentioned on Forever 35 can be found on our website, which is forever35podcast.com. And you can follow us on Instagram at forever35podcast and on Twitter at forever35pod. And Forever 35 is hosted and produced by me, Dori Shafrier, and Kate Spencer and produced and edited by Sammy Junio. And Lane Hammer is our assistant. Bye.